Would you pray with me for a minute? Jesus, thank you that you are our song. And help us, Lord, especially over this next few weeks as we look forward to Christmas, to sing, to remember, to thank you, to have joy and peace and hope uh, overflowing. And Lord, help us not get down in the dumps about what's going on here and there, but help us, Lord, to remember that you are on the throne and that hasn't changed, and you came to save us and that will never change. Jesus, you're the Lord of Christmas. Be the Lord of our singing as well. Amen. Hi, everybody. How you doing today? Are we all right? So uh, as you sit there, just, just give yourself a little quick test. How's your joy? Scale of 1 to 10 this morning. Some of you are a little tired yet. How was your joy yesterday? How was your joy this last week? Now, you don't have to call out the answer, but just kind of let's start from where we're at, not from where we should be or where we wish we were, or where we, you know, whatever. So joy uh, is a precious commodity. And sometimes, as we talked about already, it's a decision that we make rather than based on how I feel today and how much joy did that cup of coffee give me or this experience or that conversation, right? So, uh, yeah, that, we're going to be talking about joy a little bit more in a minute, but I want to start from where we are, and then I'm going to believe that God's going to do some stuff in our lives to recalibrate how we look at joy. And we're going to walk out of here with the capacity for more joy. Whether you feel it yet, hopefully you feel it, but it would be kind of silly if you felt this bump of joy and went right back to where you were tomorrow. So let's, let's pray that God would increase our capacity to experience his joy, know more about it. Where does it come from? How do we access it? How do we use it? How does it overflow out of our lives and change everything? Okay, amen? Okay, so uh, before we get into that, though, I wanted to mention two things. We have two mission trips coming up, and so one of them is to Mexico between Christmas and New Year's, and our plan is to go down there and do a marriage conference one night uh, and kids ministry there as well, and then to go out to the Kumeyaay Indian Reservation and bring some joy and encouragement to the group that's out there and then visit Mimi Ojeda and her family, and she lost her husband two years ago, and we haven't been back down there to hug on them since then. So it's going to be a big trip, but we would love to have you. If you'd still like to go, let us know. We're also going to book tickets for Nepal this week uh, in March. So if you have any interest in that, convince us that you should go, and we will put you on the list. Right? Enough said? Okay. And if you want to know more, you can talk to Matt and Christine there, right there. You want to wave? Do you like Matt or Matthew better? Okay, Matthew and Christine right there. Okay. And, uh, but l let me ask this question before we get into joy specifically. Uh, how do you describe the Christmas spirit? Are there any words that come to mind? Go ahead and shout them out. Joy, love, peace, family. What else? Singing. Okay. Anybody else? What was it? Yeah, tamales. Amen. So I have to, I have to tell a tamale story. So we were down in, uh, outside of Cancun, a place called Rancho Viejo, and we were building a church and a, um, some other uh, work-related stuff down there. We were, it was like 100 degrees. It was devastatingly hot. And, and so we worked all day. We missed dinner. We were starving. 
So it was like hard construction. We finished about 8 p.m. We're on our way back to the hotel, and, and we stopped at a tamale stand. We're so excited. Like, finally, we get to have you know, this thing that we've been dying for. So we just grabbed like 25 tamales. We packed them in the back of the van. We screamed to the hotel. They were strawberry. <laughs> we were devastated. Anyway, um, so yeah, so be careful. If you, if you learn nothing else today, be careful of your tamales this Christmas. Make sure they're the right kind. Um, so, so I feel like people identify the, the Christmas spirit with some of these biblical words that are so strong, hope and love and faith and peace and family, and right? It's interesting, though, that people want to access all of that without going to the source of it, the one who created hope and peace, the one who is love, the one who gives us joy overflowing. And, and I feel like we need to slow the train down and go like, wait, how can I have those things if I don't have the one who created them and the one who sustains them? And if I don't find hope and peace and joy in Christ, and if I'm not um, embracing the Holy Spirit and his work in my life, then those things are not going to flow. I think it also creates an opportunity for us to talk to people in our lives who are looking for those things. And they're, and they're struggling with those things. They're like, how come, this, how come it's not lasting? How come it's not working? And we can explain why it's not. And we all know that Jesus is the reason for the season, right? You've heard that. Um, and I believe that we cannot have the Christmas spirit, whatever that means, without him and without the Holy Spirit. It just doesn't make sense. So today we're going to talk about joy. And I'm going to show you one of my favorite joy pictures ever. Um, I think there's one right after that. Let's see the, the yeah, I just love this. <laughs> it just makes, I don't, I don't know, it just blesses my soul to just look at that. Um, but we're not going to talk about that. Kind, we're going to talk about this next picture of joy, which I think is a little bit, a little bit more fitting. So, you, yeah, just, let's just get real with joy. Now, um, but I, I think that sometimes the joy in our lives can be uh, a little bit fragile, and I'll, I'll show you what I mean by that in a second. So how many of you have uh, inflatable Christmas stuff in your yard? Don't raise your hand. Okay. But <laughs> I, I think it is an interesting illustration for life that when the Santa Ana winds come, these go right down. They, they go down so fast. They are not tough. And, and I feel like sometimes the joy in my life is kind of like this. And so the smallest little thing, right, can make my joy waver. And then what happens if something, right, something real happens, right, in my life? Oh, right, right? But, but then I can go to church, I can listen to a Christmas carol, and I'm like, oh, okay, it's, it's back, you know? But, but then what, what if I, something happens in my life that makes me, disillusioned with the Lord. I struggle with my faith. I'm like, something happens that, that really questions where the source of this joy is coming from. I mean, really, my joy is not tough. My joy is inflatable. And I think that's how a lot of American Christians experience joy. It's based on how it feels, what's going on, how the wind is blowing right now. You take the wind out of it, it's gone, right? 
So, um, but, but I think this is a really good uh, reminder that I, that I heard, I hope I don't trip over this on the camera. And they're like gonna cheer for me to trip over that this morning. Now, I heard somebody say this, if you feel sad this Christmas and a little down, remember something, it's not your birthday. <laughs> Pretty real, right? I mean, that, we're celebrating him. It's not, it's not about us, and yet somehow we try to make, us about it, make it about us. There's a huge connection between joy and hope, and we talked about hope last week. And, uh, and some of you uh, noticed it was a pretty emotional morning for, uh, for us and for John and for everybody. But, um, and thank you for your prayers. This week was a big encouragement. Things moved forward in some things in our lives that, that were great. Um, and, and we talked about hope. If you missed it, I think it was an important week to catch up on. So um, some people have said, hey, I don't know how to find those services. How do I listen to the sermon? Spotify. Apple uh, Podcasts, uh, YouTube, Facebook, or Vimeo. I, I mean, we could put it on more platforms, but if you can't find it, like, that's not on, on anyway, you can find it. You can listen. Um, and we talked about joy, and Proverbs 10 says, the hope of the righteous brings joy. It's interesting how hope and joy are linked. And this was funny. I was talking last week about how hope is like glitter. A little bit goes a long ways. And while I was talking, somebody in the front noticed I had glitter on my nose because we went to an event the previous day, and I've had glitter on me all week. Like, there's a little bit in my car, there's, right? How many of you guys hate glitter? Okay. So, but it's just been a funny reminder from the Lord of, like, like just a little bit of hope. It can carry you through, and it's part of where we get our joy uh, Romans 15 says, may the God of hope fill you with what? All joy and peace as you trust in him so that you can overflow with hope by the Holy Spirit. So you can't have real joy unless your hope is beyond this life. If your hope is in heaven, if your hope is in eternity, if your hope is bigger than what happens right here, you can have real joy. You also can't have real joy apart from the Holy Spirit. It's a gift of the Spirit. It's in the, in the list in Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit, and fruit meaning result. So if the Holy Spirit is in your life, if the Holy Spirit's in charge of your life, and, and recreating you, making you new, guess what? One of the results is going to be joy. And if you don't have joy, that's a good place to start, to go like, wait, how's my connection with the Lord right now? How's my connection with the Holy Spirit? Is he having his way in me or not? Now, many of you have heard this before. There's a difference between happiness and joy, you can, oh, you can take this out of context, make this too big of a difference, but there is a basic difference between happiness and joy. Happiness comes from the word happening, or happenstance, stuff that happens in our lives. Usually we don't have much control over the stuff that happens in our lives. We do have some control over joy. It can be a choice, it can be a relationship with the Lord that, that brings that around. Joy is not based on what's happening around you. It's based on what has already happened in you. Right? So joy is kind of based on the past, not as much the present. Has the Lord rescued you? Has he saved you? Have you experienced his life? That is where joy comes from. So, so let me ask, how many of you in the room have been rescued from something by the Lord in your life? 
How many of you have been healed from something by the Lord in your life? Some of your hands just stayed up because you knew where I was going. So think about, in, in, in the New Testament, Jesus tells the story of the prodigal son coming home, right? How did he feel once he was welcomed back? There's like this great joy, and the father felt great joy, right? Okay, think about the leper who was healed and came back to say thank you. How, he felt great joy. He was stoked, like his life was completely different. Now, did the leper have difficult days ever again? Yeah, right? Some of you maybe have felt like a leper based on stuff that has happened in your past and people still look at you like that. Imagine that guy, like being an outcast, suddenly you're healed and you're like, look, I'm all different. And they're like, yeah, sure you are. I'll bet he had a bumpy ride, but I will bet he handled the bumps very differently because now he, Jesus had healed him. And he had a different perspective to look at life's difficulties. So that's us. If you are in Christ, you can look at life's bumps differently because Jesus has rescued you, because he's healed you. You don't have to just put on a happy face. You can go, Lord, help me look at this differently than the, my friends, than my family, than, than how I used to look at it. I can look at this stuff totally different. I love this quote from uh, theologian Karl Barth, and, and he said, joy is the simplest form of gratitude. That is deep, right? I mean, somebody needs to put that out on Twitter. And yeah, anyway, I'm not going to make any Twitter jokes. Okay. Uh, joy is a feeling of good pleasure and happiness that is dependent on who Jesus is instead of who we are and what's happening around us. Amen. Who he is doesn't change. Who I am in him doesn't change. But all the other stuff, man, it changes quick. So the more you know Jesus, the more joy will result. And I, I mean, that simple, right? We can just walk out of here right now knowing that. Although we, we have a little bit more to learn. But let's look at the Christmas story. There's joy all over it. I'm going to share one of the joyful parts of the Christmas story. So one night outside Bethlehem, some shepherds are hanging out and some sheep are hanging out and they're minding their own business and they've been doing this for generations, right? With nothing really spectacular happening. And then one night, there's a great message of joy for them and for everybody. You remember the story, right? Luke 2, an angel of the Lord appeared to them. The glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. And he is the Messiah, the Lord. So look at verse 10. It says it will cause great joy. So let's start right there. Has the message of Jesus caused joy for you, you who are sitting right here, not shepherds 2,000 years ago, not the pastor of the church, not your grandmother, but you. Has the message brought you joy, yes or no? Good place to start. And then it says, for all people. I keep meeting people who think they are the exception. Like, no, that's, that, that joy is not for me. 
Jesus is not for me. He didn't call me. He came for them. He came for you. He came for so-and-so, but not for me. You're not that special. He came for you too. He came for all people, joy for all of the people. And, and so it, it's anyone who will say yes and admit that they don't have it together and he does. Anyone who's willing to say, yes, you are the Messiah, you are the Savior, I need you. And anybody. And, and we don't have to have some pedigree. We just have to have a willingness and a humility to say, I'm a screw up and I need you. And that's where joy comes from. And if we think we have it all together, we will never experience that joy. And joy is not a Hallmark card thing. Uh, I, I feel like some people think they're too smart for joy and they want to be cynical about life and just angry about the world. And how's that working out for you? Man, I, I want to just take three steps back and go, Jesus, you, you created this, this world for a reason. You created us to have joy in you and with you. And, and I'm not going to pretend I'm too smart to access that in my life. So let's look at a couple more important words in those verses. It says good news. That's the word gospel. And it's all over the gospels and the New Testament. It's all over our lives, this good news of who Jesus is. And then it says great joy. This is kind of fun because in Greek it says mega joy. So it's, it's like, it's not just regular old joy. This is like joy cubed. This is like a whole bunch of joy in one place. And that same phrase occurs another time in the New Testament. And this is the beginning of Luke. At the very end of Luke, it says, after the resurrection, the disciples got together. They saw Jesus again. They returned back to the city with what? Mega joy. They were stoked. At the, be at the beginning of Jesus showing up on the planet, there's mega joy. At the end, when he leaves the planet temporarily, there's mega joy again. And that's in uh, Luke 24. They, then they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with mega joy. So the good news of Jesus brings great joy. Not just little teeny joy, not just a little smile on our face, not just a confidence that things are going to be okay, it's, but a deep-seated joy that can't be tipped over. And joy is linked to your salvation. So that's, that's a thing, too. If you really struggle with joy, think about your salvation. How secure are you in who Jesus says you are and who you are in him and that transaction? I mean, have you, have you said, my life is his? And has he said, you are my child? And if you're resting in that, that's where the joy is going to be anchored. So um, what if you were one of those shepherds and you received that great news? How would you feel? Right? I mean, you'd feel pretty excited. You saw the angels. You got this message of, of who Jesus is. Now you're going to go tell people. Now fast forward 2,000 years. Guess what? We have received this message. We're not so different from them. So we carry forward the good news of who he is and the joy of what that means. The, the question is, are, are we going to carry it forward with a sour face? You know, are, are we going to carry it forward begrudgingly and like, oh, one of the, you know, are you a Christian? Well, yeah. Or, or are we going to have some joy like those guys? John 15, it says, I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. And the context of John 15 is the vine and the branches. So Jesus says, stay connected to me. 
remain in me, and I will remain in you, and your joy is going to be complete. And he says, I'm going to give you my joy. So it's a supernatural thing that's happening. 1 Peter 1.8 says this about you. This is about you who are sitting here. Even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. So he didn't put a little if and clause on there. Like if you are, you, you who believe in Jesus now are filled with this. The question is, is it making its way out? Or is it all locked up inside and covered up by other stuff? So believers in Jesus should be famous for our joy. But I sure know a lot of sourpuss Christians. I do. Who, and we're not characterized by joy. And, and I think that people in our culture would see some Christians who seem to be joyful, but it's kind of fake. And then they see other Christians who they assume are real, but they're pretty sad and depressed. Wouldn't it be interesting if we were real and joyful? If we went through the bumps and the difficulties and the cancer treatments and the tough stuff and we're like, yeah, that is real and that hurts, but I got joy in the Lord and, and it, you know, I can't really explain it, but I know I have it and I can tell you where I, where I found it. It's kind of like, uh, I love this, ex- this expression of who we are. Um, the thing that makes us um, um, really that we have something to give away is we're the beggars who know where the bread is. So I'm a beggar just like anybody else in culture, but I know where to find the bread. I know where to find the joy. I know where to find the life. It's in Christ. It's not in me, and it's not in anything else. So real joy remains even if you're going through stuff. And there's a whole bunch of verses about this, but here's two. James 1, 2, consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds. Really? Yes, really. And, and this is Jesus' half-brother writing this, who's thinking about the example of his half-brother Jesus, right? Who went through trials of many kinds, and yet it didn't tip over his joy. He went to the cross, and, and for the joy set before him endured the cross. That's what it says. That's pretty wild. And look at this verse, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16. Uh, Rejoice always. And it doesn't have a little, like, except when this happens, right? Rejoice most of the time. Rejoice whenever you can. Rejoice when you feel like it. It's a command. Rejoice always. Something else interesting about this verse is this is the shortest verse in the Greek New Testament. So what is the shortest verse in the English New Testament? Jesus wept. It's shorter in English, not in Greek. So fun fact for all of you guys right right there. Now, did you know that joy is actually good for you? You can probably just, in your knower, you kind of know that that's true. It's better to be joyful than not. Uh, But Proverbs actually says a joyful heart is good medicine. That's interesting. And Nehemiah 8 says the joy of the Lord is your strength. You get strength, physical strength, spiritual strength from joy. But joy is a predictor of good health and even good brain health. So a lot of studies have been done on happiness and joy, and, and it's interesting, it can lower your blood pressure if you are more joyful. It can help with your, uh, uh, the, how many, uh, your tendency towards heart attacks. Um, 
It can lower your cholesterol. I never heard that one before. It can boost your immune system. It can fight stress. It contributes to a longer life and better relationships. Here's a funny one. People who are joyful have a 40% higher chance of getting promoted at work. Wait, what? That, that's actually true. There's something about having joy in our lives that makes sense. And it's not just this command that the Lord says, you better do this or else. It's an invitation. And he says, here's, here's what I want you to do. I want you to experience more of me. I want you to experience more of who I am. I want you to be the person I've created you to be. And part of that is being joyful. So um, I think most of us in this room, most of us online, we would want to have more joy. Is that true? So I, I remember, um, I'm going to talk about my wife for a second. Um, so a few years back, we were doing a study on the fruit of the Spirit. And so we were identifying like areas in which we thought we were pretty strong. And so I thought I was pretty good on peace and joy. And we're having this conversation. And then my wife was looking at me like, you know, with this funny look on her face. And I was like, honey, what, what do you want to say? Just say it. I think we were in a small group or something. And, and she said, you know, I don't think you're that good at those. <laughs> and so sometimes we can think, oh, I got this nailed. And everybody else in our life is looking at us like, not so much. And I realized, that was, I don't know, six or seven years ago, I realized I got to work on this. Like, this is not, I thought, hey, I'm so peaceful, I'm so joyful. I was the only one who thought so. <laughs> and ever since then, I, I've been really paying more attention to, Lord, what are you saying? Lord, how do you want to build and create more of these characteristics of your spirit in my life? And, and so if, uh, maybe that's your assignment. Ask, ask your friend, ask your spouse, ask your family member, how am I doing with joy? And, and that might be a really uh, fruitful, get it, conversation uh, that, that can lead to some change in you if you think you have it all together. But what are some barriers to joy? We're going to talk about a couple barriers, and then we're going to wrap this up. One of them is lack of hope. We started with that. Sometimes our hope in the future is damaged because of what has happened in the past. And we may be like, I'm not sure that I can trust the Lord. I'm not sure how next year is going to be. I'm not, and that can really dampen our joy. We're not able to be free to trust. We're not able to be free to let our emotions uh, grow and develop and experience the fruit of the Spirit. And if that's you, just there's no like formula for this. Spend some time with the Lord and go, Lord, I'm having trouble trusting. My hope hurts. And say, Lord, would you help my hope to not hurt? Because I want to experience joy in you. Just start that conversation. You, it could be a conversation that goes on for a month. It could be a conversation that goes on for 10 minutes. And you're like, oh, I, f I feel better. I don't know. But that's between you and the Lord. So work on hope if, 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 you, if that's speaking to you right now. And the Lord will bring joy out of that. The next one is sin. So check this out. Uh, Isaiah says that our sin distances us from God. And Psalm 16 says, but in his presence is fullness of joy. So sin takes us this way and away from God's presence. But in his presence, we find joy. 
So sin can pull us out of the joy sphere temporarily or for a long time. And, and so a couple of just helpful hints, confess quickly rather than let your life get miserable and damaged and awful and affecting everybody around you. And then you're like, oh, maybe I should confess that I'm doing this wrong. It just allow the Lord to, to make your heart really sensitive so that when you're sinning, when you're walking away from the Lord, you know it and you're like, oh, I got to get that right. Spend time in his word daily and, and, and be passionate about that. Um, maintain an ongoing conversation with the Lord. Somebody once said, a praying man won't sin and a sinning man won't pray. That's interesting. If you're in this constant conversation with the Lord, then it's going to be more obvious what's going on in your life. But if you go to him only when you're in trouble or only when it's a holiday, right, it's, it's easy to get distance. And, and I think the, the last one is this. Be in fellowship with other people because they may notice in you something that's going on that you're not seeing. And I've had people come up to me and, and be like, what's, what's wrong? And I'll be like, nothing, I'm good. Like, no, really. Like, let's, let's talk because I know you. You know, look right, something's going on. And, and I'm not, you know, don't go throwing that at people you don't know. <laughs> but in relationship, you could say, like, no, really, I think, let's talk. Let's have coffee. Something's going on in you, and let's, let's get it out on the table. Okay, the third one is this. Um, oh, actually, let me, let me lay a really cool quote on you. John Piper, he said, If my thirst for joy, meaning, and passion are satisfied in Jesus... The power of sin is broken. Whoa, that is good, right? Because sometimes we look for uh, these things in all the wrong places and not where they are found in Christ. The third one is this, legalism. So this, I think, is where some sourpuss Christians get their juice, right? So we can, we can be really a pain to ourselves and to others. And this is interesting. The word for joy is very related in, in the Bible to the word for grace. They come from the same root. So there's something about giving yourself grace and giving others grace that leads to joy. And if I'm not giving myself grace and saying, God, thank you for who you are and for cutting me some slack, and for welcoming me, in, me into your presence, even though I am who I am, make me more like you. If, there, if I'm not experiencing that grace, I'm not going to feel joy. Because I think it's all about me whipping myself on the back to do it right. And if I'm whipping myself on the back to do it right, you better be. And you better get your thing together because there's no joy in that. There's legalism and religiosity and self-righteousness. And man, that, is the, that is, takes us far away from the joy that God has for us. So the Westminster Shorter Catechism. Did anybody, you, any of you grow up Presbyterian? Okay. So I love this. Man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Not, not just serve, not just sacrifice, not, right? Sometimes we've grown up with some of those words. I love this. Enjoy him. Have joy in who the Lord is in your life forever, starting now. And, and some of you, you're, you feel like your faith has been hard work and it's been, you know, and it's been, uh, you know, following this religious practice. And I love this invitation to enjoy him. 
And the Lord wants you to enjoy him this Christmas. And this Christmas hopefully will be a springboard into the coming year and a springboard into the next decade of enjoying who the Lord is. Because he doesn't want you to look at him like, you know, the guy who's going to throw lightning bolts at you. He wants you to look at him as a loving father who he is, who would do anything for you to save you, to make you more like, uh, to, to carry on the family tradition and, 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 and who he is. He wants to make you more like him. Right? Okay. So here's the last one. Unrealistic expectations. Our son Luke, when he was about three, I will never forget this. He was frustrated. And seriously, and it's kind of funny when a, when a three-year-old is really frustrated and really, you know, it's hard to not smile. Sometimes we would have to leave the room, laugh, and then come back and continue the conversation with him that was very serious. But he was very serious, and he was like, how come you can't just make me happy? And, and he laid that on us a couple times, and we were like, son, that's not my job. Like, you can make you happy. But it's not your parents' job to always make you happy. There's some things that just are not going to be like that. But I feel like in our lives, in our relationship with God, we're like, how come you can't just make me happy? And the Lord's like, because it's not my job. Like, I want you to find joy in me, but it's not my job to make sure that everything is perfect in your life so that you're always happy all the time. That's not real life. That's not how we grow. It's not going to make us any good for anybody else in the future not going to shape us to be more like Christ if he makes us happy in the way we want all the time that doesn't make any sense so I feel like sometimes though based on our uh, religious upbringing we have unrealistic expectations of God and then when he doesn't live up to those we have no joy it knocks down our joy and part of the problem is we don't we don't have a thankful attitude. We're not joyful about what we already have because we think, if only I had this, it's going to give me joy. And the Lord's like, no, I'm going to give you joy. You're going to find it in me. And we're like, yeah, but I want this house and this car and this relationship and this job and this bonus and this retirement and I want this trip and I want this and that's going to make, give me joy. And the Lord's like, no, find joy in what you already have. That's where we start. I want you to watch this video and then we're going to wrap it up. I think you'll enjoy this. I'm alive! I'm alive! Yeah? Yeah! Hey, Christine! You're here too! I love you! I know! Dad! What's happening? Honey, the power works! It's coming, it goes on and off, whatever we want. <laughs> We've got clean water. Oh, that's great, look at that. Ooh, I bet I know what this does. Rain down the glorious water. Ah, shoes. Oh, what do we got here, guys? Food. Mm, I love food. Um, mm -hmm. A big thing? have work? And this is awesome! Look, look at here. These? The what? Josh, be careful! Oh, I have a car! Did you guys see this? Yeah, you have a car! A car! A car! <laughs>
and don't forget your coffee. <gasps> You're the best. <laughs> There's some truth there. So I hope that the rest of today, I hope tomorrow, I hope this week, I hope going into Christmas, you just look at things a little bit different and go, thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you for that. Help me to find joy in my family, even if they make me nuts. Help me, Lord, to find joy in my home, even though I wish it was this or that or that or that. Thank you, Lord, for this, and thank you for that. And thank you for giving us each other. And thank you for the gift of Christmas. And thank you for rain right? There are so many things all around us that we can be thankful for rather than focusing on what we don't have. So Jesus came to earth so you could find him and in him you would find joy. You're not going to find it apart from him. So uh, I, I feel like we have two things to pray about. And I want to ask the band. The band can, can go ahead and come up. But two things we can pray about. One is this, if you have never found joy in the Lord, if you have never said, Jesus, I need you, not just I need joy, Jesus, I need you, and in you, I know I'm going to find joy, uh, just go into Christmas knowing that you have him, and, and kind of nothing else matters this Christmas. Mm -hmm. So I want to pray that prayer for some of you in the room or anybody out online or anybody who watches this later, just that you would give your life to Christ and find joy in him, because you're not going to find it anywhere else. The second one is this. Um, sometimes your joy can be crippled, damaged, hurt, and, um, and there's, a, there's a verse that says, restore to me the joy of your salvation. And, and that is a beautiful prayer. You can say, Lord, restore the joy that I need to find in you. So some, of, some people need to find joy for the first time, and maybe you need to come back to joy and say, Lord, somehow restore that joy that got broken down by life so that I can go into Christmas feeling that, that foundation of joy. So, so let's pray, and then we're going to sing one more song. Uh, Lord, I ask for those who don't know you yet and have not experienced the joy that you bring, that you would just show yourself to be true and real and faithful and obvious. And, and if that's you, just pray and say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I've been trying to do my life on my own and that has not been working out and I have not been able to find joy apart from you. And so this day, uh, right now, December 11, uh, 2022, or whenever I watch this uh, video, uh, I just, Jesus, I, I just say, I need you. I admit my sin. I know that you came at Christmas uh, way back, uh, not just to be a baby, but to live to die on a cross, to take away my sins. And Jesus, I believe that you will live forever. And I ask that you would live in me. And I give you my life today, and I ask that you would be in charge of it. And I ask that your Holy Spirit would live in me and bring the joy that cannot be tipped over, that life cannot steal. And I give you my life today forever. Please be in charge of it. And just tell him thank you. And for the rest of you, if you just feel like your joy has been in trouble, your joy has been broken down. Just pray that verse to the Lord. Lord, would you please restore to me the joy of your salvation? And just say that out loud. One, two, three. Lord, restore to me the joy of your salvation. 
May I be excited, Lord, every day to wake up to know that you have me and I have you. May I be grateful for the good news, the gospel, Jesus, that you are the king, that you are the savior. And may I find joy in who you are every minute and not be worried about when life goes up and down because you never do. And Lord, I ask that you'd give me joy this Christmas to share with others. May, may I have a smile on my face that's real and not fake. And may I have a smile on my face that comes from your Holy Spirit because you live in me. And I ask that in Jesus' name and for his sake. And everybody said, amen. amen. So how about if we have a big smile? And how about if we stand up and sing this song together?